Monsignor Hotel Complaints Department. How can I help you? Hi. Um, yes. My, uh, my, my wife and I just stayed at your hotel uh, the other night um, because the furry convention ruined the Holiday Inn down the street. And uh, I wanted to call and make some complaints because what I saw in your hotel was uh, entirely more debaucherous and disturbing than anything a furry convention could possibly bring to a Holiday Inn. Oh, I understand, sir. I'm sorry to hear that. Can you tell me a little bit, uh, a little bit about your stay? Well, first of all, um, the help who resembled Tim Roth but acted more like Jim Carrey, if you know what I mean, um, was entirely overworked and uh, clearly stressed, and obviously needed to blow off some steam after the heavy shoot that was Reservoir Dogs. And <laughs> I don't like the way he was treated by your insane guest, man. Um, they had people cutting off fingers. They had live-action role-play sex dramas. They had Madonna seeking demon sperm to offer to Satan. Like, oh what kind of what kind of operation are you running at the Monsignor? I can assure you, sir, that this is not a regular occurrence. None of those things are activities we condone or regularly see in our hotel. But there has been a huge spike in uh, witch rituals to summon uh, murdered ladies so if you see that please just carry on we'll change floors next time you're with us we apologize we'll give you a discount for the next time you're visiting is that okay with you you know maybe i could see that and get past it and maybe i could see some kids blowing their own toes while they watch porn and get past it but i'll tell mm -hmm. you what i can't get past that happens at your hotel and this is what is truly sick uh-oh you let Quentin Tarantino act in leading roles in your hotel. <laughs> and that I cannot excuse, and I will neither accept your apology nor your refund, Monsignor Complaints Department. Oh, we can't, we can't, uh, <laughs> I have no response. <laughs> I've been checkmated. Welcome back to Movies for Win, everybody. This is, uh, not a hotel, despite what you think. It's hotel hell. All right, folks, we're uh, wrapping up the series. Movies for When You've Got Too Many Stories has uh, reached its limit of stories, I guess. Our anthology series is coming to a close with the runner-up to the poll winner. We've got four rooms. Oh. How are you feeling at the end of the anthology series, Danny? I know you were wanting to do some horror anthologies, but that's we're still seven months out from doing that. I'm feeling like it's March and we've done three movies, <laughs> Greg. Uh-oh. I'm feeling like we have just been the little podcast that could lately, just chugging along through this theme, man. It's been a rough run. It's, yeah, 2024 hasn't been kind to us in all kinds of ways. Ugh. We keep getting sick. 
episodes keep getting deleted. Uh what a time. I feel like I'm staying at this hotel. It just seems like everything's going wrong. Yeah. I am Tim Roth running around this hotel of <laughs> unfortunate podcasts. But with a lot less happenstance. Pep and only half the ass. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. I don't uh I don't have that kind of theater theater kid energy that he presents in those movies. So whatever. All right, did you watch anything uh, besides any anthologies, Denny, oh. before we get to Four Rooms? Greg, I have, like, the most insane watch list I've, I've had forever. Uh, this is... You've said that every episode this <laughs> this this year. Yeah, you know, um, mental health-wise, the last couple of years have been really challenging for me, and lately I've been kind of feeling a little more stable, a little like I've got some more headspace to do what i love in life and i'm uh i'm back on my bullshit i'm watching two weird horror movies on a weeknight again and it doesn't Atta appear boy. to be manic behavior i think it's just good old denny behavior autism this time <laughs> it's just denny behavior <laughs> so let's see where do we leave off last time uh did, was Tusk the last thing I talked about last time? Yeah, I think it I, was. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, so I watched um, 2009's House of the Wolfman, which is on YouTube. It is... Um, oh, cool. <laughs> it, is a, uh, it is a black and white uh, Wolfman movie starring a grandson of 1941's werewolf actor or wolfman actor Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, his grandson Ron Chaney is the wolfman in this one. Ah, um, cool. It is um, until he is easily the worst part of the movie. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> like he he like really sucks. It is really bad. Um, the uh, the movie is. Uh, it's very clear that they had some badass idea for for some 1930s monster fights and uh once once they got around to doing that you were like god damn they're good at what they do um it was at times a painful journey getting there not the most amazing thing i've ever seen uh speaking of not the most amazing thing i've ever seen or the most amazing thing i've ever seen <laughs> it might be both <laughs> i saw madam webb yes you did <laughs> Um, Greg, I was thinking of just like, based merely on the dialogue and how clumsy everyone is, I was thinking of like, how it seems to be a love letter to the work of Neil Breen. Um, and (laughs) with a budget, and I'm not joking, Greg, coffee gets spilt on a laptop in this movie. No, (laughs) to the point that I was like, (laughs) that's gotta be like. It didn't really serve any plot points, is what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, come on. Like, are you a fucking Breed fan, Madam Web director? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's called homage, Denny. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is impossible for me to believe that not only was this... It is impossible for me to not believe that not only was this script written by AI, um, but that, like, the AI... AI was involved at multiple levels of the filmmaking process is what this movie feels like to me. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like it was just written that way. There's there's something very non-human about the whole experience. Um 
Dakota Johnson seems to be trying to excuse herself uh, and say it was all in the writing. And let me tell you, she does not get a pass. Um, it is one of the most awful performances I've ever seen. And Adam Scott is in the same movie and he delivers his lines without embarrassing himself. Okay. Like Dakota Johnson is, is, is she seems like, she seems like they like drugged her and made her make this movie while she was in a state of semi-consciousness. Every um, time I every time I saw the trailer, I was like, she looks like she's asleep mm-hmm, for every mm-hmm. every bit every bit of this trailer. So she kind of has this like I don't really know what's going on around me energy throughout the whole movie. Um, all that goes to say. I saw it at a ten fifteen in the morning at Alamo Drafthouse in a theater oh, completely brother. alone. Private screening. Uh, and I was really glad because I was like uncontrollably laughing audibly and like exclaiming things like, what the fuck are they doing right now? Like I like, <laughs> I like could not you have broke all the rules. Alamo Draft House's rules if there were other people. <laughs> like it was like, it was insane. Um, every moment was enjoyable. It's one of those movies where I'm like, uh, people should absolutely see it. Like I, I had a blast watching Madam Web from start to finish. Um, it is like, I don't remember the last time a movie this earnestly bad was made. You know, like, yeah. like try, trying to be good. Trying not only to be good, but to make money. Um, with yeah. lots of budget put behind it, like lots of expensive IP involved. Um, I cannot remember something being this sincerely awful Um, Mm -hmm. awful in the most sincere ways uh and forever uh and and to to me that makes it an incredibly special movie to have come out recently um and and i love that it exists i I am not a madam web hater at all they don't make them like they used to well Mm -hmm. that's what i'll say if a movie's gonna be bad it's gonna be oh we did it on purpose but this movie was trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Eey. I feel like now when a movie's bad, it's like uh, the Sam Raimi Doctor Strange 2, where it's like, ah, you just, it's just soulless is why it's bad. You know, like it, it's joyless. Um, it's not that it was like incompetent. That was a perfectly competent movie, but you just watch it and you're like, God, even Sam Raimi making Evil Dead references the whole time just feels hollow. You know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say I didn't watch that one. You're fine. Nor, uh, nor will I. It wasn't even the best multiverse movie in theaters at the time. It was in theaters. It was up against <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. And uh, my God, the choice is easy. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, what you got next for me, Denny? Um, I saw Drive Away Dolls, uh, the Ethan Cohen uh, and what's his wife's name uh, that also made it with him? Uh, fuck. I hate not saying Trisha names Cook. when they make movies. Right? Trisha Cook. It, um, yeah. yeah, I believe so. The other um, one's married to uh, Francis McDormand. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, that's Joel, Mr. Joel's wife. Yeah. Um, I won't say a ton about it. Um, it's all right. It's not amazing. Uh, it reminds me of a bunch of other movies. Um, if that's cool to you, that's cool. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's okay. 
it's very lesbian forward. Uh, there's there's plenty of laughs. I, I did think we both like leads that. were a little annoying. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll hurt your movie. Yeah. As as fans of recent lesbian forward films, you think this one would be a little bit better? Yeah, yeah. I I'd go with you know I, I there were there was some inspired directing and editing in this that made me like it uh, in ways that I didn't necessarily like something like Booksmart or uh, uh, Bottoms. I did really like Bottoms actually. Bottoms but, rocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was some like obviously Ethan Cohen made this movie stuff, you know, like there's just some smart smart choices made. Um but I mean like I just feel like Thelma and Louise is a better version of essentially the same thing. Pulp fiction okay. burn after I don't know. I wasn't wild about it, but a very okay movie, very solid. Uh probably something that'll get lost in the shuffle of uh his larger body of work. Um I watched <laughs> I'm in a big werewolf phase, Greg. I watched oh, uh, 1935's Werewolf of London, um, which is okay. a Universal Monsters movie that uh, predates 1941's The Wolfman. Um, but it's interesting. It's all right. Uh, I didn't like it as much as The Wolfman. I see why it's not as notorious, but different take on stuff. It's more of like a science potions, flowers, werewolf type thing. And uh, mm -hmm. it's like a the werewolf is recognizable as the person they are. It's just a little bit of a different take. I, um, I, I will say, I, I might have an explanation here. The, there was a full moon since the last time we recorded. Oh shit. Was there really? Yeah. On the 24th. Dude. <laughs> I think I, I think I solved it. I don't I've know. been, I've been werewolfing pretty hard in the paint, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I talked uh, last time about Howling 2, uh, Your Sister is a Werewolf slash Howling 2, Sturbo Werewolf Bitch, which is now one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I just can't say enough good things about Howling 2. Um, so I kept going on Howling 3, The Marsupials, by the same director. The Marsupials. Um, yeah. Less um, good of a title, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sadly, the the magic of Howling Two was kind of bad. Uh, this one was, or was kind of gone. This was a little more. The first one was like fun, bad. You know, like we're having a good time making a bad movie type of stuff. Mm -hmm. This was like bad on purpose, irreverent bad. And it didn't really have the budget uh. to nail it. Um. Something that did nail it was The Company of Wolves, directed by, uh, it's like, who's the guy that made Interview with a Vampire? It's the same dude. Um, Neil Jordan. Neil Jordan is the guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, he made this before it. Um, it's kind of like a dreamlike uh, anthology, actually. I kind of wish we did it. Um, ah. Very 80s dark fantasy. Um, a lot of really creative, fucked up werewolf stuff. Um a lot of really just magnificent production design. It was something I really vibed with. Um, I would love to uh, to one day do it long form on the podcast. Um, We're going to have to do a whole werewolf theme because you're on your little kick here lately. Dude, Man, it's not I over. I think like something <laughs> awakened in you with Howling 2. It's actively still happening, dude. The, <laughs> the, uh, the werewolf phase continues. Um, the full moon never goes away. <laughs> so the next movie I watched was Teen Wolf 2. Oh, um, my God. 
He's not and done, like, folks. <laughs> 20 minutes in, I was kind of looking at myself and being like, I'm an insane person. Like, this is... This is insane. Why am I doing this? Why am I watching so many insane werewolf movies? Um, what's wrong with me? <laughs> um, man, it really came back around because Teen Wolf 2 is a bop too, I gotta say. Um, it's uh, Jason Bateman uh, going to college and being forced to be a boxing werewolf. Um, what more could you ask for? Um, oh my gosh. Shit movie, garbage, uh, but very fun with a really weird soundtrack. There's just like one song that they play in montages where it's like, Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Do you want to be like someone on TV or something like that? And it's just like, <laughs> it, it was Vanessa and I were like really vibing with it by the end of it. So, uh, sounds very I chose 80s. not to. I chose not to look at my patterns because they continued to work out for me. <laughs> but, um, I did need a break, so I uh, checked out 1997's Double Team, uh, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, Mickey Rourke, and Dennis Rodman. So um, which yeah. one of those three plays a werewolf? <laughs> Mickey I would Rourke say would be a Rodman, good werewolf. Rodman most embodies the duality of man. Um, we, we don't know that he's not a werewolf. Um, yeah, he's, he's great at uh, defense and supports on offense. I would that's totally, how you win NBA championships. I would totally buy it with like the ridiculous shit that's happening in this movie. Uh, I would totally buy it if like there's a scene that didn't make it into the movie where like Rodman's like, "Don't worry, I can smell him." <laughs> um you know like um and it just like never came up again or that like it's like secretly part of his lore i would totally believe that man um this is uh, a truly wild movie i can't believe i've never heard of it um dennis rodman's character is uh making basketball references the entire movie mm-hmm. even though his character has nothing to do with basketball he even like references like getting fined for skipping practice and stuff like stories specifically about dennis rodman yeah that are like not in this movie at all like this movie doesn't know who the fuck dennis rodman is right like, like um he's like scotty pippen exists in this universe right guys i can work that in somehow yeah um man uh jean-claude van damme is uh doing crazy cool stunts the whole time Mickey Rourke has full-blown cum gutters. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is on, like, a prison colony of secret agents. It's all cyber tech out, and, like, it's it's so 1997. Um, my hot take is that Dennis Rodman gave a hell of a performance, and a lot of the directing was actually competent. Like, there's, like, some, like, very well-done action sequences that it's, like, you clearly do what you were doing with like a camera and choreography that wasn't easy to shoot you know like that that was like really good and really hard to put together um but mm-hmm. the movie's just like so fucking dumb <laughs> you know like it's just such a dumb fucking movie um i loved it there's like tiger stuff there's like uh, there's insane shit Ooh. going on start to finish man i swear to god one time they launched dennis rodman and john claude van damme out of the sky in a giant basketball for like no reason just no like, i wanted to see if i could trust you <laughs> it's like so they blow up Jean-Claude Van Damme's pool. They fucking... They blow up the man's pool. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that for? 
It needed more explosions, more wet. <laughs> There's explosions. so many explosions, man. Like it's like, uh, which I do think this about most '90s action is that I do view it as pretty self-aware, and I don't think, I don't think a lot of people look at it that way. But I'm like, you can't tell me they were like making Con Air and intending for it to be played straight. You know, like come on, mm-hmm. man. Like come on. Um, so this one, it's it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's really fun. Um, so much fun that it made me want to check out 1989's Cyborg, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, not as fun as it sounds. Uh, the whole thing kind of sucks. It's actually pretty boring. Uh, that's all oh, I'll say okay. about it. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, 1932's uh, Vampire, V-A-M-P-Y-R, a uh, German uh, German silent film. Wait, no, it's not silent. Um it is uh, basically their answer to Dracula coming out a year later. Uh, I do think that in many ways it is better than uh, Universal's Dracula. Um, it's very mm-hmm. like dream logic, very like spooky, very experimental. You know, it's German cinema. You know, um, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's very cool, and I hadn't really heard of it before. Um, <laughs> so then I, you know, watched Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman. <laughs> of course, they're just like, all right, that's enough about vampires and Van Damme. Trying to get back on my wolf, <laughs> werewolf bullshit. Yep, yep. He's, and, he's back, uh, folks. That one had some bops in it. Uh, Vanessa and I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Uh, it had a lot of, uh, like, it's like canonical Universal Studios Wolfman. Like, his name is Larry Talbot. The lore is all there. Uh, it's very interesting. Um and then I swear to God, man, we were just put on the next episode of Rugrats that night. It was called Curse of the Werewolf, where uh, no, it's a thirty-minute special about Chucky turning into a werewolf. I'll just leave that there. Um, the next night, I watched uh, Terror Vision, um, which I had to uh, I had to buy on uh, DVD because it's not streaming anywhere. Um, it was really fun. Uh, very, uh, I, I would say, not like not bad on purpose, but more like draws attention to the fact that it's being performed. If that makes sense, um, that does make sense as as a stylistic choice. There's like some crazy good production design. Like this isn't like a sloppy movie by any means, um, and especially with like the monster in it is. Uh, so minimal but they get so much out of it because they knew how to shoot it in a way you know like that uh that made it cool uh very vaporwave type of movie very up my alley um ultimately it kind of wore out its welcome at some points and uh i would say that unfortunately the most interesting characters died fairly early in the movie and i was stuck with uh people i was uh, much less invested in some of them had like fucked off for the whole first half of the movie and then they come home and i was like oh my god these guys fuck oh mm-hmm. i thought we were down to the end you know <laughs> like but there's a couple more people in the mix um so terror vision is cool um <laughs> Since we had so much fun watching Alvin and the Chipmunks beat the Wolf Band, Vanessa and I watched The Chipmunk Adventure, which we both grew up watching on VHS as kids. Um, oh that one actually sucks, uh, so you can skip The Chipmunk Adventure. Um, and I'll round it out and say 
something that came with Terror Vision in a two-pack from Scream Factory was The Video Dead, which I watched. Uh, I did not feel the same way I felt about it as I did Terror Vision. It is very uh, low-budget and uh, fairly shitty and mostly boring, but I'm always interested to see new stuff like that for some reason. Um, and uh, that's my insane person werewolf watch list greg what did what did you watch <laughs> so this segment has become denny recounts his hyperfixation bullshit <laughs> pretty much I've, I've had some good hyperfixations this year i will say i've been pretty pretty happy with what i've uh, been getting into lucky for us i only watched two i only had time to watch two things so at the end of our you know, icebreaker segment lasting 20 plus minutes. I'm going to round it out with just a couple minutes. My bad. This yeah, is going to be happens. a more regular thing, I think. So it'll keep, it will happen again. Yeah. Um, I watched a new movie on Hulu. I think a Hulu original. It is quiz lady starring Aquafina. It's okay. I'm glad to see Aquafina is still cashing checks, but I just wish she was in something good again. We're all, <laughs> we're all rooting for her. Like, we love the farewell. Please do something good again. She's like, I'm in Renfield. Fuck. Do you know that one movie where you weren't insanely annoying and actually showed that you're incredibly talented? What if you did that more often, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what if we like not saying the same thing, but let's like follow that same avenue at yeah. least a little bit. And she's like, so Ocean's 8? Like, no, 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 not that. Yeah. <laughs> Ocean's 8. I said it before. I'll say it again. But it's my favorite movie of, oh, yeah, this person was in Ocean's 8. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I didn't even okay. know she was in that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I saw it, and I didn't know she was in it. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, Kate Planchette's in this. Oh, yeah, she's like the main character. <laughs> oh, my God. What a, what a, what a treat. Uh, anyways, yeah, Quiz Lady's fine. It um, it really started winning me over in the last thirty-ish minutes, but by then it was kind of too late. And I also <laughs> don't like I don't like when movies have a have the plot hinge on some video, like someone takes going viral, and you're just like. In real life, this little homemade video of you filming your sister answer quiz questions on her couch would not get any sort of view. Right, yeah. Yeah, like, at least they use, like, you know, it's like the number one trending video on UWatch. No, they didn't do that. They said it was like, this is blown up on Reddit or something. I was like, this would not blow up on Reddit, but thank you for using a real website at least. Um, Yeah, it's, I don't know. Will Ferrell's good in it. I like that. Uh, Drive to Survive is the other thing I watch. I... Is that the sequel to Drive? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling stays alive. Uh, it's the Netflix documentary show about the Formula One season. So Formula One is back, so they always release their documentary of the previous season um, as the new season kicks up. That's cool. The guys drove cars fast again this year, so, and it's, uh, I gotta say, man, I'm racing my way out of the need to keep Netflix. <laughs> I've been thinking the same thing lately, man. 
like what's like, what's what's there what do i do on netflix man what do i do on netflix we we opened a list of um she found like an instagram post or something of just like here's the new stuff coming to each streaming service it's like you know you swipe through the images like here's all the new stuff coming to hulu this march or uh yeah this month march and by the way march 15th they'll put anatomy of a fall i think it was hulu so people should check that one out but it's like here's all the good stuff coming to hulu and i'm like i want to see that i want to see that i want to see that Here's the new stuff coming to Peacock. Oh, I want to see Booksmart. I want to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max BOH. And then they get to Netflix. And you're just like... Um, so here's another dating show. Here's uh, <laughs> this movie from 2005 that I didn't like. It's just nothing's nothing's happening. Ain't nothing happening on Netflix. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm risking our sponsorship by bad mouthing them, but you know. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, seriously, what am I keeping Netflix for? If you asked me, I'd be like, every so often, Vanessa remembers that Big Mouth exists, um, and there is part of me that's just morbidly curious about the last season of Stranger Things. <laughs> Yeah, coming out eventually. Um, so, I, I, what, what's their? What have they done for me lately, man? Those kids, the children of those kids, will be the star of the next season of <laughs> Stranger Things. Um, but yeah, I, I told my wife like, "Hey, I'm keeping it because the stuff that's been sitting on my watch list for about two years. I like to keep pretending that I'm actually going to get around to watching those things, but." Uh, I don't know. Next time David Fincher comes out with a movie and puts it on Netflix, I'll I'll renew. But until then, I'm all set. I'll I'll make the switch. Anyways, that's enough of the shit we've been watching. <clears throat> I think we stayed in that segment too long, just like these guests stayed in this hotel just a little bit too long. It's time to cover four rooms from 1995. This is another case of. You can rent it in a lot of places, or you can watch it on Pluto TV, which is what I did. Danny. Yes, Greg. Time to do four rooms. I'm going to let you summarize the plot before I do the review of the week, if you could. Okay. So, basically, the plot is we have uh, four shorts directed by four separate directors, I believe. Um, Yep. The only ones I remember are Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, off the top They're of the head. The only ones that matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, no offense so to the other two. Sorry. Tim Roth plays a bellhop on his first night, and that's our bumpers between these four films. Um, the first is a very sexualized uh, witchcraft devil worship cult starring Madonna, um, where they're looking for semen, uh, but someone can't find it. Um, and, uh, no, it was swallowed. That's, yeah. 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 Oh, no way. She can get it, but she just loves drinking it so much. She can't, she can't keep it. Um, you know, women, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know how they're like that. Um, but, um, anyway, they, they like blow Tim Roth or something. Uh, and, uh, the second one is uh, he's the wrong man. He comes into this room where this couple is fighting and uh, they think he's like fucking their wife and we basically find out it's a weird fucking role play thing they do with whoever walks in the room. Uh, then 
then the next one is uh, Robert Rodriguez's movie about his kids uh, running, not his kids, uh, the kids he directs, um, <laughs> running around in a hotel room and doing insane stuff and basically being the inspiration for Community's remedial chaos theory while Tim Roth tries to take care of them. Um, there seriously is like a shot from this movie that I swear to God inspired the darkest timeline moment. That's that's. I, um, I had that in my notes. <laughs> Glad we saw the same beautiful. thing. We'll just lead with it. Um, the final is uh, Quentin Tarantino short, uh, where Quentin Tarantino plays the man from Hollywood. I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he has a bet with Sammy Davis Jr. that he can flick his lighter on ten times in a row. And if he can't, uh, he'll cut his finger off. And he wants the bellhop to be the man that cuts the finger. Um, And after a bunch of manipulation and uh, psychological abuse and pressure, um, he shocks the world when he just fucking does it without hesitation and takes the money and leaves. And that's a great fucking ending to the movie, if you ask me. Um, Yeah, that's that's my summary. I, I, I would like to think I was briefer than I could have been. Um. <laughs> you did. You you done great, man. You done great. Thanks, it's man. Really, not, it's it's four different stories from four different rooms that can be covered pretty quickly. I think so. Yeah. Way to practice brevity. Proud of you. Thanks. Um, I'm doing my best. All right. Now I have a feeling we're going to feel. There's going to be some conversation on how we feel about the movie. And I'll summarize my stance with the Critiker review of the week. Um, this user gave it a 22 out of 100 and said, Unpleasant. And that was the review of the week. Gotta say, I agree. Whoa, we are not about to have the conversation I thought we were going to have on this show yeah. today. Yeah. I... Wow. Okay. Let me let me uh, change change gears and prepare change for something stances. entirely different yeah. than I expected. Yeah. Denny's pu- Denny's putting himself into attack mode. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm putting myself into uh, receptiveness mode. Uh, oh, is that where you turn the card? My guy. Which way do you turn the card for receptiveness mode? Or is this not inward? Yu-Gi-Oh? Always inward. Don't say always inward. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I-N-W-A-R-T I know, I know we see Tarantino on screen and we want to say certain things but you didn't do it this time, Denny calm down Bro, so I thought that he That's gross He put I... himself on screen and didn't say that word So like the uh, the Robert Rodriguez one had so much foot stuff in it that I thought Tarantino directed yeah. it I um, was like and this around the time be. the kid was sucking off his own big toe, I literally wrote in my notes, I wish Tarantino would get his fucked up urges out by writing himself to say the N-word like normal. Um, like, why, why do we have to sit through this shit? Um, but it was Robert Rodriguez apparently doing an homage to Tarantino, I think. <sighs> it was a weird... It was a weird segment. And, and I felt the same, but like I knew it was Rodriguez, and I was like you doing this for but <laughs> did uh did you have a relationship with this movie before you watched it for the show no it was it's super weird i like years ago it was on i think someone posted well, I could talk about it again someone posted a video on reddit that was like super popular for some reason of just this section towards the end where tarantino convinces tim roth to 
you know, stay and like at least get a hundred dollars to listen to him for another minute or so. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, that clip was like super popular. I was like, Tim Roth and Tarantino in a movie. Like, this is a Tarantino movie. Like, I haven't seen this. What the hell is this? I didn't investigate further, but I watched it and I was like, this seems extremely weird. And then I never saw it. I never knew what it was from. And <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Fucking Sammy Davis Jr. and Quentin Tarantino are acting together, man. Like, it's weird. And, and I was like 10 years ago or so. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that was this movie. Let's go. I'm intrigued. And yeah, so this is my first time watching it. No real relationship. How about yourself, Denny? No, I, I didn't know it existed until uh, uh, Dylan Derryberry recommended it to us in, in the comments on, on the poll thing. Um, he's a, I, I he's never a heard of guy. it, and I'm kind of like a Tarantino Robert Rodriguez guy. I was kind of surprised. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? This has just been sitting there all this time, ready to mm-hmm. watch whenever I'm ready? Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. So, and it, yeah, makes, that was, it makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say it makes sense to do this coming off of Sin City also so yeah i was thinking because we didn't we didn't plan on extending the theme uh we we lost our audio for uh kurosawa's dreams and we we were like you can't do an anthology theme with just two installments so um we we went with this but uh part of the reason we went with it was because uh vanessa and i already planned to watch it anyways you know like it it sounded good to us and we were like oh shit but uh yeah, unintentionally, we are getting a lot of Tarantino and Rodriguez in our lives in this theme, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. And I'm very welcoming on some of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how do we open up the conversation? Because clearly we have two very different stances on this one. Yeah, I saw your Critiker score on this, and I was shocked at how much I didn't like this movie like at all i was i was enjoying it almost none wow this was it was bad man it was really bad and so like, like i'll get into that you. at the end yeah. go ahead i uh, there's the reason why i'll get into it at the end when we do scores but i kind of liked i really liked i'm sorry i, I really liked that kind of I don't know if you'd call it like a stinger intro or whatever, just like the graveyard shift bellhop handing the hat off to Tim Roth mm-hmm. and like giving him last bits of advice on how to be the nighttime bellhop and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that segment. I was like, okay, this is, this seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, last bit of advice, keep your cock in your pants. And I was like, I don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought that's, that scene was pretty funny. And then we get into the intro credits. It's like a Pink Panther style kind of cartoon opening credit sequence with probably the most annoying song I've ever heard in my life playing over it. And I was just like... The the mood of me being annoyed was set. I was like, okay... I'm I'm in for a rough ride if this is kind of the tone they're setting. And then the first room segment plays, and it is one of the most insufferable things I've ever seen. I hate that first one, man. Wow. That first segment is so bad. 
very unwatchable. And I think most of my issue is with Tim Roth's performance being extremely annoying. I didn't find it entertaining, endearing, charming. I was absolutely against it from the get-go. And I will say he's that character is used I think it's used best in the Rodriguez uh, segment. I think he uses that annoying character of Tim Roth's bellhop the best in his segment, but like the first one, especially, and the second one a little bit, it's just man, I'm not on board with our like kind of main character going into this thing. So responses, thoughts. What did you think of the first segment? Was that any good to you? Um so the first segment was probably my least favorite short of of this. <laughs> um I Greg, I watch a lot of shit like the first segment. Okay? Like I, I watch a oh, lot okay. of shit like that for fun and I understand what it's paying homage to. Um and I don't know, like, it's not offensive to me at all. You know, like, that that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to start with you, is that, like, this movie, my, my thoughts on it are not very complex. Like, I was like, pretty straightforward, fun time, kind of punk rock, nice to see some notable directors fuck around and do something a little more outside the box. Um, that That's, like, kind of my whole take. I don't have, like, a, like a ironclad argument for why this movie's great you know so i'm i'm more interested in in your thoughts on it to be honest with you i kind of figured that's where you would land you're a you're a vibes guy and i felt you vibing especially as a sorry to out you to the rest of the world but a a a theater kid (laughs) (laughs) i i saw you grooving with this one a little bit more than i would have but, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. That's that's. I I have calmed out a lot, but uh, I was the International Thespian Society president my senior year of high school, so I was I was pretty I was pretty hardcore theater kid. Yeah. Well, he's admitting it on microphone. Interesting. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Uh, are you a fucking homeschooled Arthur kid? What the fuck? Hey, so, I went to so public much school. So fucking cooler than theater. You're so fucking no. cool. No! Stop! <laughs> I was in band! <laughs> Please, Denny. <laughs> Just because I couldn't play sports. Oh, man. I couldn't so, and I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. And, yeah, later I definitely wouldn't have. Hey, look at us. Just hey. a couple of uncoordinated guys getting into the arts. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even really like theater. Like, I didn't like acting, singing, or dancing. And I was always cast as, like, man two or whatever, despite being mm-hmm. crazy involved. It was just a place where I felt like my weird ass fit in. You know, yeah. honestly, that's, that's why I was there. I liked you're, being you're... around the other weirdos. <laughs> You're a song and dance adjacent man. Maybe not much of a song and dance man. I'm like, listen, I'll get on stage and yell. I was a manic, psychotic child. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> I can fucking project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Attaboy. Uh, I, I do like what you had to say about the punk rock vibes of this one. We've got guns. We've got... Uh, dead bodies we've got a lot of swear words yeah we've got violence it seems very like 
I think that's why the first one... Eh, there's a lot of reasons why the first one doesn't work for me at all, but that one feels like the least punk rock of them all. I'd, I I'd agree with you. It's it's a little it's a little tryhard at times. I, I can absolutely give you that about the first one. Um, it's also just something that I'm like, it's insane to me that they got Madonna to do this insane fucking short. You know, like I, I didn't find Tim Roth annoying. I loved his... Like, this movie, the whole hmm. time I was like, dude, he's got range. Like, this guy just did Reservoir Dogs. You know, like, he he just did Reservoir Dogs. He's about to do Pulp Fiction. And he's, like, seriously doing, like, slapstick, sight gag, Mr. Bean shit in this movie. Um, and it was, like, super working for me. I, I see by your face that it absolutely did not work for you. It really did. It felt like he did... For all of his like slapsticky kind of exaggerated moves, it felt like he did three extra moves, and it was like, "We get it, you're quirky," or I don't know. It's just I, uh, I didn't love it for all the same reasons you loved it are reasons that I was actively against it. So yeah, no. For for listeners, uh, Greg is my number one match in the world on Critiker for similar taste. Um, so it is like very rare that we have this different of a reaction uh to 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 a movie this is kind of like throwing me i don't really know what to do with it to be honest well i'm i'm just glad we have the platform to like get it out and like have it on record like the in the rare occasion that you and i are like at completely different ends of how we feel about a movie i'm glad we have a way to like solidify the why i guess there's out there's always going to be outliers you know i'm just feeling like i finally pushed you too far you know like we we did halloween and then we did the wrestler and then it was all black and white yowza wowza stuff and then halloween kicks ass what i i I, halloween kicked ass i loved the wrestler okay okay so it's not like i think i was already being pushed with and i've said at the beginning I don't dig anthologies. Okay, yeah, I, I clearly I, see like a, a man, like uh, you're giving me energy of like. I feel like I've been super cool about these other ones, but like this was <laughs> me too far. It's kind of the vibe I'm getting from you. <laughs> it, it was the. This was strike three. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> strike one. I'm being nice. We'll do the anthology series. Whatever. <laughs> Strike two, the best one, the one I liked, the one that you liked, and one of my favorite episodes in recent memory is fucking lost to the ether. It's it's just gone. It's never going to come out. That pissed me off. That was strike two. Strike three was... At what point did I consider Four Rooms strike three? It might have been five minutes into segment two. Sin City wasn't a strike? No, it was okay, cool. Okay. I was impressed with the art style. Okay, okay. A lot. And you can listen to our thoughts really if you want. I didn't I rated that one relatively high. You remember? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. But Dreams was just better. That episode was better. Yes. But now it's gone. And we're just ending on a low note for me. I'm so sorry I made you do this. I'm mad, Denny. Oh, well, how many how many things have I made you watch that you're just like, yeah, I respect that it's good. It's just not my thing. 
one or two. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've I've definitely been guilty of it more than you. I'd say that for sure. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> What can I do? I gotta, I gotta like have a revenge. You're gonna make uh, me fucking series. watch Prisoners, is what you're gonna do, man. You've been threatening Ooh. for months that you're gonna. You can watch fucking, fucking pull that ace out of your pocket whenever you need to put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the werewolf Buddy. thing's gone too far, man. I don't know. <laughs> I've got a. Yeah, I've got. I gotta pull something out with what you're doing to me here. This, this deserves something. <laughs> more punishing than prisoners (laughs) something we've never done is just like bulldozing a movie that's really off theme so it's like if our next theme was like your favorite disney animated movie and i was like bambi and you were like prisoners by denis villeneuve (laughs) 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 that's my favorite disney animated movie and it's my pick for this week denny I haven't fully utilized the authority that I do have with my pick. (laughs) I can do whatever I want, and you have to listen. Everyone is definitely... uh, We've we've never strayed from the honor system of of respecting the spirit of the theme. It's been unspoken. Uh, But... (laughs) You could do something terrible if you really wanted to, I suppose. It's technically legal. When it happens, you'll know why. Uh, (laughs) You'll deserve it. And you'll know what you've done, you bad boy. (laughs) You bad boy. All right. Oh, shit, man. Uh, I'll give give some praise to this movie. Okay. Something I did like. Something I like in... All movies and something that Tarantino or even his adjacent projects really nail is the A plus use of cigarettes. Love it. Yeah. S tier work from our guy. And ah, oh. that's part of the punk rock vibe of this thing, man. It's just like these people, Tarantino and anyone he works with, he's just like. You know, he had a hand like, here's how you make the smoke look cooler. Here's how you... (laughs) He's going to just flick it down the hall. Like, he's got to just not give a shit where this lit cigarette goes. Yep. Cigarettes are so cool, man. They really are. And I'm happy to see them on... They're they're cool as hell. (laughs) Right. Our next sponsor, Big Tobacco. They're so (laughs) bad for you, but, like, they're so fucking cool, man. (laughs) Ugh. And they're like they're cool in general, and then you put them on film, and they they can Ugh. they have the potential to unlock all sorts of coolness. Um, which brings me to our sponsor, Big Tobacco, folks. <laughs> well, Lucky did, Strikes uh, would like to remind you. <laughs> did you catch the red apple cigarettes that uh, Tarantino snuck in there? No, but I I wasn't looking for them. But uh. it wouldn't surprise me that they were. Yeah, right. I think I that... think they're when Tim Roth is reaching for the phone or something. I saw him. I was like, "Oh shit, Tarantino did this one." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh man. Um, I'll I'll throw a negative since you're since you're stretching yourself. I'll stretch myself a little bit from a movie that I, I thoroughly enjoyed and absolutely consider a hidden gem. Um, oh my god, dude! Like Tarantino is such an annoying actor and he <laughs> always cast himself as these like smooth badass fast talking you know like collected cool yep. guys 
Yep. That he is not. Like, Tarantino is, like, seriously, I'm ragging on him here because he's, he might be my favorite director. If he's not my number one, he's easily top three. I, if, I'd have to really think about it. But, like, I love Quentin Tarantino. Um, man, he is a creepy little bastard, and he should be behind the camera. Like, I, yeah. I do not like Tarantino acting at all. And um, he got to he got to be the leading man in his short. And, uh, dude, oh, my God. <laughs> so fucking annoying. I fucking can't stand he, his performance. He's extremely good at making other actors the character that he thinks he is in this movie. that fast fast talking cool collected guy he's extremely good at making um hans landa that guy he's extremely good at making jules that guy Mm -hmm. you know like he's extremely talented and like it's a unique sort of writing style that like if you really think about it like nobody would be like quipping this fast and going through and explaining things in the way that he writes but it works so well with like if you've got a character that's just dripping with coolness that kind of dialogue feels more natural uh harvey keitel in pulp fiction is another one of those guys mm-hmm. but then he does it and <laughs> god like this guy just i don't know i think specifically in this one just not looking the part and then he also was kind of stumbling over a couple of the lines mm-hmm. as well. Kind of like, kind of had to start the word again once or twice. The The segment felt like it was written, planned, and shot in about four days. It felt like it was kind of a rough draft. Where That's he fair. was a stand-in for a much cooler character, but That's just fair. decided yeah. to keep that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get funding, and he's trying to show what the what the uh, what the show or what the uh, what the film could be, and he's like, uh, you know, like, and imagine if we had Michael Keaton in this role, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, or whoever was cool in the in the nineties and ninety. And then they someone with their arms crossed, like we can't put Michael Keaton next to Bruce Willis. We'll just keep what you got. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Released the movie. Uh, Fun fact, Bruce Willis is uncredited in this movie because he uh, violated SAG rules and worked for free as a favor to Quentin Tarantino. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which, it it made me think, as I, you know, like, you got Bruce Willis doing this for Tarantino, which I believe this is before Pulp Fiction, um, and, uh, you know, like I was reading, um, I think it's right after, but I don't know when they shot it. So yeah, I me wrong. neither. I've got no idea. They were clearly <laughs> friendly, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like at this point, um, Bruce Willis is fucking violating SAG rules for him. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like they're clearly down. Um, but it just made me think about like looking up, um, stuff for Sin City last week and finding out that like people you know like josh hartnett came to a studio by robert rodriguez's house for free and shot uh, a proof of concept for sin city so frank miller would sign on to it and then like 
in the in this movie the the Robert Rodriguez short they have uh, the the porno channel of the woman dancing that the kids are watching is that's Selma Hayek yeah it's Selma Hayek yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got her to come in and do it and we're just like hey there's no nudity will you just real quick you know put on a bikini and let us film you and it just like it shows me around this time how cool these guys were to Hollywood you know like they mm-hmm. were like awesome art art film directors that were like super respected and super punk rock and everybody wanted to work with them but unlike all the other cool directors ever they like love hollywood you know like they like (laughs) love american hollywood cinema you know and so they're just like welcomed by the bruce willis's you know like of 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 all these huge actors want to like work with them for free because it's cool that's how cool quentin tarantino and robert rodriguez in the early 90s are to hollywood um it just really like what who else have you ever heard of like multiple actors multiple like a-list actors going out of their way to do like free days of work favors for yeah exactly not certainly not in some time and yeah i i love it man i totally buy the cool factor and like you said i like how much they like hollywood and the the (laughs) filmmaking process yeah yeah i'm into it yeah man and you know even the last short i will say like despite tarantino's annoying performance um the writing of the short worked for me like structurally so well that I was able to get past a lot of the rough draft qualities you're talking about. Um, and they had me guessing on the reveals, you know, and they were always one step ahead of me and they had me really invested in the tension of like, what's going to happen. There has to be some way out of this. Right. Um, I was trying to figure out how many times I'm going to see the lighter flick, you know, like, uh, for some reason i knew as soon as they were zooming in on the lighter i'm like he's not even gonna get it once he's gonna chop his finger off and then it happened and i was still it still hit really well it didn't like ruin it but i was like i think i know what's gonna happen and it did happen i was like that's that's pretty cool i didn't expect him to swipe the money off the table too yep (laughs) well that that should have given it to bruce willis well because what in the credits what what it had me guessing on is i'm like this is the last movie of the of the or this is the last short of the anthology our protagonist is the bellhop and he has just been taking l's this whole movie you know like he is Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. he's been having a rough night at work um and so the whole time i'm like this has to end on a win you know like the the bellhop has to win this one um and i'm just wondering how's it gonna happen what's a win for the bellhop how how are they gonna have him come out of this really bad situation victorious and you see all these like customers all night they're exploiting him because he's at work um and if you're a customer at someone else's work you can say whatever you want and do whatever you want but the person at work has rules they have to follow right um, yeah and he's even when you even when you say like no call me this like don't yeah call me sir. like he still continues like, he does it once and then he goes back to calling him sir like, you can say, like, here, drink this, but he's not going to get drunk. He's not going to call you by your first name the whole time. He's exactly bound by his his own rules, yeah. Yeah. 
and and you just see him get exploited all night because of that just people like mm-hmm. treating him like an object like the help you know like just, yeah. just babysit my kids yeah yeah just like completely dehumanized um and everyone is like pretty much doing it successfully you know like even the like ones that he likes it's like dude they wanted your semen for a dark ritual that you were an object to them you know like that mm-hmm. that's you weren't like in love back there but so anyway i was like how does he win how does he win and i was like it's so brilliant he didn't break any of the rules he did exactly what the customer said and yep. then he said fuck off i don't care about any of you insane people i'm at work give me my money this isn't personal fucking bye and you know he like walks out and never comes back right like that's the end yeah. of him being a bellhop right like um it's either the end of his shift or the end of the job yeah yeah so um i thought that was a really smart um way to end it on a high note and kind of tie the whole thing together and make you feel like um it all had a purpose even though it was just like four random stories bound together by being in a hotel room and having one consistent character you know um Mm -hmm. so yeah i i really loved the writing of the last short and just how it played structurally into the entire thing story-wise yes specifically within the writing i was getting super fucking annoyed in that last segment when characters were having separate conversations overlapping each other mm-hmm. that got extremely annoying it's just like you're supposed to be listening to tarantino's monologue but now these two people are talking off to the side and you can hear them clearly it's like just uh, stop i'm trying to focus on this weirdo uh i don't know but i do like what you're saying about how that puts a nice bow on it and it does make the most sense. It does leave you with the best feeling out of any of them. But then they play the song again from the intro, and I'm just like, ugh, okay. Dial the mood back down again, I guess. I, I didn't what, like them. What's the song from the intro? I, I don't know. It's someone just... <sighs> Wait, is I might it, have to is look it, it up. the it's one that... that's, uh, that's always in the Robert Rodriguez one? Maybe it's that one where that woman's just like zip it back, zip it zip it back, like scatting oh, no. That's or whatever. What I'm thinking of, yeah, um, the one that Robert Rodriguez keeps playing. It, this is you want to hear some insane autism shit. So yeah, hmm. do I ever? I recognized it immediately, even though it's an instrumental song. Um, it is called um, "Sentimental Journey," um, and I know this because I had an odyssey of like one night <laughs> when I was really young. I was in Disney World in the after hour parks and I I got off Space Mountain at like 1 a.m. and they're playing this like groovy little song that just stuck with me and I like it got stuck in my head and I would think of it all the time and it wasn't until I was like 29 30 and like constantly searched for this song that I found a reddit comment section that uh that found the old song they used to play at the exit of Space Mountain. And this is the only other place I've ever heard it is Robert Rodriguez hitting Sentimental Journey like three or four times in his short. <laughs> that is 
absolutely wild. It caught I me. I was that. like, no fucking way. When he started playing. He did it. <laughs> I was like, I'm like the one dude in the world who would like pop huge for this song being in your shorts. Robert, I love you. Yeah, 30 years later, you're texting me. Well, thank you for putting this in your movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even though like my, my memory on Space Mountain is definitely like years after this movie was made. So... <laughs> Mm. Yeah, interesting. Oh, that's really cool, though. I, I'm glad that stuck with you and had some very interesting connection. That's wild. I don't know if I would ever have any sort of connection like that, but again, I don't have what you have. <laughs> yeah, you've been off the spectrum for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't really have too much else to say about this one. I, I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm looking at my notes. I think I've covered everything. I, I, I'll, one last bit of praise for David Proval. He was really good in The Sopranos. He's the guy with the gun in the second segment. I, he's not one of the Rodriguez or Tarantino guys, so it was cool to see him. I'm like, hey, that's Richie April from The Sopranos. Hell yeah. And uh, Jennifer Beals was also good in this movie. She, At the time, she was married to the director of the second segment. So, and they got divorced the next year. I wonder what happened. Uh, maybe you... Never mind. Anyway, I'm going <laughs> to speculate on these things. Um, yeah, that's my last bit of praise. I can be spun onto more negativity if, if pushed that way, but uh, I feel like I've done that enough for now yeah yeah Denny <laughs> uh what else you got you got anything else or you want to do gimmicks or well I, you I had at? one final talking point and you know I just think yes good we, we need to address this because I think <clears throat> we're, we're headed for the most competitive year ever in this category Greg we've got to weigh in on the horniness of this movie um <laughs> where this does is, it rank so far uh, in the movies that we've watched this year Oh my god, this is a hotly contested category right. coming out swing. <laughs> We've watched like exclusively horny movies except for the one that got lost this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're three for three on yeah, knock on wood here, successfully released episodes for <laughs> horniest movie contenders. Try not to say knock on wood and successfully released when we're talking about the horniest <laughs> movie. <laughs> no, you've been influenced. <laughs> Denny's been corrupted. This is why I don't like anthologies. They're too horny, man. I don't know. <laughs> the horniest genre. Anthologies. Is Howling 2 somehow an anthology also? I don't know. We'll get we'll get there. Uh, that is the horniest <laughs> shit I've seen in my life. Like Yeah. Like I said, another not so dark horse contender. Um but to answer your question, I think this would still be second behind uh, heavy metal. Yeah, I don't think it quite eclipses heavy metal. Um, but boy, it's not for lack of trying. Like, there's two shorts that are just like about sex. Like, two mm -hmm. full shorts, you know? <laughs> like, like one exclusively about it. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I, I, I think it makes the cut for sure. So it'll be on your list folks uh, look for it in about 10 months here or so <laughs> for the fourth grannies um yeah is that is that all you got for me yeah yeah, no, yeah we can do gimmicks 
Alright, gimmick time it is. Let's start with the uh, gimmick of the week, Denny. Our gimmick of the week for uh, this theme is the Academy Award for Best Short Film. Damn, we're still topical here. Uh, what is your favorite short out of the four? What's your um, favorite room? I'm going to go with Robert Rodriguez's The Misbehaviors, but the tiebreaker is Tarantino being annoying. I also really liked the last one, but uh, man, cast <laughs> cast like anyone half-assed. Cl- like, throw Michael Madsen in there or something. I don't know. Was he fucking busy this four days of shooting? Come on. like... <laughs> 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 I want to play one of the kids. Who's, uh, who's the guy who played Nice Guy Eddie in Reservoir Dogs? He would have been perfect for this. Um, oh. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I'm looking him up. Uh, Hell of a windbreaker on that guy. Uh, Eddie Cabot? No, that's the fucking character's name. Jesus Christ, who's the actor? <laughs> Oh my god, you can't find this dude's fucking name. <laughs> you can't find this guy's fucking name. <laughs> you shut up. You don't know. You don't know anything. Let's see. Chris Penn. That took me three seconds. Okay. Well, he would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Sean Penn's brother. Interesting. Oh, no fucking way. That's, that's yeah. weird. I could actually kind of see it a little bit in their like eyes and cheekbones if you if you think about it. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. But yeah, was was he fucking busy? Could could he not show up? Is fuck off, Tarantino. Fuck he's still coming. In. He's yeah. coming down from Reservoir Dogs still. Um, yeah, I I like I like your selection. I like your reasoning with the tiebreaker. I think I'm going to agree with you I think that one was the best shot best looking probably the funniest and I would say like an equally funny ending payoff with Banderas walking to the room like so did the kids misbehave and we're literally in the community darkest timeline gif as it happens um very funny um yeah I I I think I was more annoyed with the last one than I thought it was than I thought it was going to be, for pretty much the same reasons as you. So I think I'm just going to. All that being said, I agree with you for the exact same reasons that you said. <laughs> <laughs> same answer, same reason. Uh, congratulations, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's your favorite line? There were actually, like, some... Like, for how much I was ragging on this movie, there was a lot of contenders for favorite lines. There's some funny stuff in this one. But I went for uh, David Proval in the second uh, segment, pointing a gun at Tim Roth and saying, Start nibbling, motherfucker! I don't know. This is, it. That one worked for me really good. Just completely psychotic delivery. <clears throat> it worked great. Beautiful. Um, I want to correct something I said earlier. I was looking at my Critiker score. Um, I said this was uh, between Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, but it's actually after both of or between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, but it's actually, uh, it's 1995. So it released after both of them, but I don't know when yeah. stuff was shot. 
This was a Christmas 95 release, and like I said, I think this took four days for Tarantino to make, so I think, yeah, that stands to reason that Pulp Fiction was first. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even talk about how this is a, a rare New Year's Eve movie. This movie set on New Year's yeah. Eve. Yeah. Yeah. That I was gonna make the connection with your, uh, you know, connecting to a song at a Disney park, and fireworks, you know, going yeah, yeah, just like in that same scene. So I was like, oh, this is, I'm doing the Disney Channel hand drawing the logo in the corner of the screen here, <laughs> saying this is Denny's. <laughs> Put on the Mickey Mouse ears, folks. This is Disney coded shit. So. <laughs> uh denny what'd you give this one speaking of critic or what would you uh score this one on the well i gotta throw out my scale. favorite line first my dog oh yeah your favorite line I'm I, sorry. I derailed the whole thing with with like stuff that should have been in another segment so my bad. what else is new yeah. um i'll give a runner up to uh when she said every slang word for penis ever that was pretty impressive uh it was a hell yeah. of a hell of a hell of a string of slurs or not slurs bad words dirty words penis dick words um mm-hmm but I'm gonna go with uh, did they misbehave? Uh, that that yes. was really fucking funny to me. Uh, that that was a really just a nice little button, and I was like, God damn it, they nailed the exit. That that's how you do it. Um, so yeah, way to go, Antonio. <laughs> oh man, solid delivery. Oh man, huge pop for me. Yep, <laughs> huge pop as well. That was hilarious and. Uh, Right as we're seeing what, like, I, dude, has to be, like, absolutely has to be the inspiration for that, like, the Troy Barnes gif from Remedial Chaos Theory on Community, like, mm -hmm. coming back into the room and finding, like, everything on fire and insane shit going on everywhere, like, mm -hmm. that had to be, like, Dan Harmon had to have seen this. There's no, like, they're so similar, you couldn't convince me otherwise. The fire being the most telling of all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like the kid throwing the cigarette behind him. He's like, I wasn't smoking, and then the room catches more on fire. <laughs> That's I love that short man. It was so good, and it was also like the most evil. Uh, the bellhop was like we saw him like show a little bit of a dark side in that one. That's why I said that was the best use of the character, because, and I'll get it. I'll go ahead and do my Critiker score. With this reasoning, uh, it left me asking myself, the, the movie poses the question, what if an annoying guy had a stressful day at work? And I don't know, man, that just sounds like annoying and stressful. <laughs> Come on, man. You're going to call That's the, how I shit, felt about the, the movie. shit we saw, the creative, innovative, awesome shit. And you're going to act like this guy is fucking Tim Curry in Home Alone 2. Like, come on, man. Like... This is not. This is more than a stressful day at work. Okay. Uh, I've offended you. I'm so sorry. You've offended me. This he was thirty times more annoying than Tim Curry in Home Alone Two. Tim Curry in Home Alone Two is I don't a know great performance. I... I'm I'm comparing their day at work as hotel employees. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about. I like. I knew you weren't a fan of him in that movie, so I thought you were making. That oh no, comparison. I actually love Tim Curry and everything he ever did. Ever, I don't like Home Alone too. No, but uh, Tim Curry is a is a redeeming moment. I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, like he's. Not... This is a way more. Yeah, this is a way more stressful day at work. I'll give him that. And the Rodriguez short is the only time where he's responding appropriately to that stress. Like, don't fucking call again. <laughs> 
slams the phone. It's just like, this is finally kind of working for me. But yeah, it, it took, whatever, 45 minutes to get to that point. I'm already out on this guy, so whatever. Um, yeah, I gave this movie... Originally, I gave it a 10 out of 40. And then I was like, okay, I need to sit and think and have, like, let the buy... Like, I, I had a rough week. I was only able to watch those two things, like I said. I didn't have time. I felt overwhelmed and shitty all week. So I was like, let me get my bad mood out of the way and really think about this movie as a movie again. And so I did raise my score. I, I gave it a, a fair shake and some thought afterwards, and I gave it a 13 out of 40. I've worked less stiff when I was on Viagra. Whew. <laughs> oh, that um, is, you were throwing some fucking Vader forearms, man. That's pretty stiff on, on old four rooms, I gotta say. Like, I, I gave it the score, and I was like, okay, I'll bump it up to a 12. And then I was like, okay, hold on, wait, what else did I give a 12? Every Which Way But Loose, MVP Most Valuable Primate, uh, Wild Wild West. Okay, it's better than that. Let's bump okay. it up another one. So, I was the, like, I gotta, I gotta. Burial of mentioning it with those fucking movies, man. Like, you're trying to fucking make sure this guy never works again. You're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking Four Rooms is going to the other territory. Let's make sure we job him on the way out. Oh my God. It's sitting there with Waterworld and MacGruber. So. <laughs> MacGruber! <laughs> Waterworld I can accept, but MacGruber, Craig, you monster, you monster. This is why I don't, like, go in and, like, compare scores, because I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, damn, I guess I did give this one the same score as Ernest Scared Stupid. Well, I guess I was equally annoyed, so... (laughs) Just, just for reference, so the audience knows what the uh, the absolute zero is on your scale. Um, what is what is uh, what is Country Bears again? Um, it was twenty something. I thought you wanted to hear my my zeros, but uh, the absolute zero, Country Bears. I gave it a twenty five. Okay, that's like zero degrees Kelvin for those wondering. Is twenty five is where Country Bears is. <laughs> Fucking four rooms is at thirteen, and Country Bears is at a twenty-five. Just, just... I don't have merchandise from four rooms. <laughs> God damn it! Do, do you have any Country Bears merchandise that I didn't give you? No. <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> You've enabled me. You've enabled me. <laughs> Holy shit! All right. Um enough of my bs denny what did you what did you get this one i'm um, looking through my low critiker scores and just having a blast remembering some shit fucking hot take i gave it a 43 which is my like rating of honor that i give to movies i particularly like for a particular reason that uh are kind of my thing um i really enjoyed four rooms i thought it was a blast very up my alley in a lot of obvious ways so i can see why i'm a homer for a lot of this shit um that that you're not a fan of um i love that it's like weird and strange and for some reason just kind of lost in the annals of time um annals and it's lost in the anal that was the second short um (laughs) (laughs) 
maybe some of the first it's hard to tell um mm-hmm. that's why we're lost in it um <laughs> yeah but it, like i said man like i feel like this is kind of an episode about your takes because mine are not very deep and they're not very complex and i really don't have like a lot to say other than i liked it and i thought it was really fun man i had a blast watching it it was totally what i wanted from a movie you had a lot more to say than i think you're giving yourself credit for you did have a lot of reasonable takes and like good justification for liking the stuff you did like and also the willingness to judge it appropriately for certain performances (laughs) 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 i i feel like your reasoning is well received by me hopefully by the audience i understand you completely and uh strongly disagree for personal taste reasons and that's it party on and i i judge you zero and my judgment of denny's score is zero you you've been uh very very open and willing uh to uh, to engage in in uh, a lot of my weird obscure uh micro obsessions so um yeah no judgment for your score either uh this is you you have a right to say this is not my thing because you have given a lot of stuff a chance (laughs) (laughs) that's right and i want you to give you know more of my movies a chance too but i also don't want to like bum you out <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've you've earned it man you can bum me out a little bit i'll uh yeah I'll, I'll look i'll look through the blu-rays and the you know the various streaming lists i'll look through my high ratings and see like what can i make to any watch we should do like a greg self-care theme where like you just get to mm. pick all three movies <laughs> you know like of, of what you think would be refreshing for you that actually i would be down for that that sounds really fun yeah i agree yeah. I don't know, probably that, overdue like honestly to make it fair we should probably do like six movies but you know like that's <laughs> yeah we haven't had a a greg a greg picked theme since probably either korean cinema or favorite movie where i did no country for old men oh, shit or we could just do no, no country for old men again i could probably do another hour and a half on I've, that by I've myself you don't even have to lately. join i've been craving a watch come on over um okay denny we do have one final question now that we've reached the end of the theme what is the best movie for win you've got too many stories we've got four movies that you can choose from i didn't think about this yet (laughs) Uh, i've got my answer if you want to me too so it's uh it's heavy metal kurosawa's dreams are we including that yeah Um, Sin City I want to, yes. and uh, and uh, we've been talking about it for thir- like forty-five okay. minutes. Yeah, um, you know, I think on theme, <laughs> too many stories. Um, we've got to go with the one that had the most stories, and yet, in some ways, it also had the least stories um, from us. Yeah. I'm going to go with Kurosawa's Dreams, and could I tell a story? I, I haven't told you this. Could I tell you a story about it? Yeah. This is this is the theme for it. I, I want this to be on the air before we move on. So, um, I when the night we recorded uh, the, the Dreams episode that got lost, um, something we talked a lot about in the episode is, like, 
the sadness that Kurosawa seemed to carry with him, especially that we were getting this like glimpse into his psyche and you know, we wondered if we we wondered if he knew how amazing he was. You know, it was something we thought about. Um, and that night, I had a dream about the tunnel short. Um, you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? We talked a lot about yeah. it. That was I, my gimmick winner. <laughs> yeah, I dreamt that I was walking through the tunnel, and in a crowd of people, I saw Adam Sandler. <laughs> And I put my hand on his shoulder and looked him in the eyes and told him everything I wanted to say to Akira Kurosawa. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just looked at him and I was like, I want you to know that you're an important filmmaker and that the work you do is significant to lots of people. I want you to know that it's good that you lived and it's about, you know, like I said, like all of these things that I wanted to say to Kurosawa to fucking Adam Sandler while he just like looked at me. (laughs) Solemnly shedding a single tear as he feels proud of Jack and Jill. (laughs) The joy he must have brought this young man. So that's, uh, we'll, we'll add that to the lost episode lore of that, uh, somewhere in my psyche, there's a, if I ever make a short film about all my dreams, I'm definitely putting the Adam Sandler and Akira Kurosawa's dream in my dream, Christopher Nolan short in there. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I'll work on the script. Um, hell yeah, dude. Uh, to answer the question, my my f- best movie for when you've got too many stories. There we go. Stumbled through that. I also got to go with Dreams because it was the best one. It was... Uh, I think that's going to be a piece of movies for win lore for a long time. And it was just also a really good movie I liked from a director I love and respect almost as much as Adam Sandler. Sandman, you are appreciated. All right, Denny. Uh, our first theme of the year down, and it is March. So <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I said we were going to be back after 2023 was an off year, but fuck. <laughs> I don't know if we're out of rehab yet, Greg. <laughs> no, we're still in the we're still in the tunnel. So, Denny, next week we're going to be taking a little yeah. Enough themes. We got to take a little break here. We're gonna have a one-off uh, episode for next week. We do this every year. We're gonna do an Oscars episode next week, but instead of trying to predict stuff, we're going to react to the Oscars. And it's more gonna be. I I just want an episode where I don't have to feel like I need to watch something. I want to just fuck around and talk about movies in general with Denny, specifically the excellent year of movies we just had in 2023. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Oscars, uh, use them to either validate our feelings about movies we liked from the year, or uh, curse them for not being as cool and smart as us. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, hear about our favorite movies next week, woohoo! And then we'll we need to pick a theme for what's after that. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> I'll, I'll text you, Danny. I'll text you. Sweet. I've got a few in mind. One being yeah, Revenge of the Gregster, um, where, where you just pick all three movies. I would totally Ooh. do that. Ooh, okay. 
Because I did, I did have an idea for a new theme that I put on the list. I had movies for when your dish is best served cold. I wanted to do revenge movies. Oh, shit. I'm going to move that up to the top of the list. I'll right do a revenge movie episode with you, dude. That sounds awesome. And it's, it's a meta theme in that it's also my revenge on you. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just yeah, got to make that, me watch Old Boy again. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit we got the 4k re-release hell yeah prisoners is kind of a revenge movie but i don't think it's quite there i had something in mind for this one i gotta i gotta damn it i gotta remember what it was shoot shoot anyways <sighs> that'll be a good time denny thanks for the theme uh thanks for being a friend thanks for being a podcast partner Thank you for being Denny. We love you. Um, in my head, I'm telling all of this to Adam Sandler. <laughs> you don't get the credit you deserve for Uncut Gems, Greg. <laughs> I know! Holy shit. <laughs> and buddy, I want you to know that Billy Madison still holds up. I know people don't say that to you a lot, Greg, but I, I want you to know it does. <laughs> really touched my heart denny i i'm not the man i am denny i am not that man (laughs) please also thank me you can thank me with a catchphrase denny oh man for greg work the legwork johnson i'm denny the talent taylor and this has been movies for when Fucking eventually, we'll get to it when we get to it. But you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? See my badge? Just like him, the way he walked across the screen.